You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Wright Hillpiper. Excuse me. With me today, my co-host, former Iowa football player, LaShawn Daniels. Before we get into things today, I want to thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. So yesterday, me and LaShawn sat down talked about the first half of the upcoming football season for the Hawkeyes and talked about what we thought um, the Hawkeyes record was going to be after the first six games of the season. I came to the determination that uh, the first game versus South Dakota State was going to be a win, 35-7. Second game versus Iowa State, a win, 17-10. The third game versus Nevada was going to be a win, 52-3. The fourth game at Rutgers, 42-21 win. The fifth game versus Michigan could either be a loss, 20-21, or a win, 21-20. And the fifth, or excuse me, the sixth game at Illinois was going to be a 31-17 win. So before we get into the second half of the regular season for the Hawkeyes football schedule, I want to talk about Built Bar. This is the time of the year where I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, I'm sticking to eating right thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I actually enjoy eating them. And they have these new things called puffs. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out. They are so, so good. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They're light. They're airy. They are so, so good. They're not just a protein bar. It's almost like you're eating a dessert, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including a cinnamon churro, a coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. Once again, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, the puffs included. They're low calorie, high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. You can replace your protein bars with these. You can replace your protein shakes with these. A typical candy bar could have anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They have a bunch of great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. So if you're interested in checking out Built Bar, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order at Built.com. So, LaShawn, how are you doing today? We're doing great, doing great, man. Anytime we get a chance to talk about the Hawks and football, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, right, we're always jacked up and ready to go, man. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the second half of the season. I'm sure there's going to be a couple hot takes that I have um, <laughs> as it goes with wins and losses. But first one that I want to talk about is Ohio State. That'll be the seventh game of the season. It will be an away game for the Hawkeyes. I have it down as a loss, 35-17. to 17. Ohio State went 11-2 and two last year. Their only losses were to Oregon and Michigan. They beat Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, Michigan State, 
And even, you know, even with Iowa's defense being as strong as it is, Ohio State's offense is so extremely dominant. I just don't know if the Hawkeyes are going to be able to stop Ohio State's offense. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a tough matchup, especially trying to go into Columbus and uh, get out of there with a W is not going to be an easy task, right? Especially when they're led by their superstar quarterback, CJ Shroud. And, you know, they always have uh, high profile receivers um, on the outside. And they also have another up and coming superstar running back um, as well. Right. So they got skill players all over the field that can basically take, you know, a little bubble screen or, you know, a toss to the outside, um, you know, 70 plus yards for a touchdown. Right. And that's, that's not going to be an easy feat to be able to, to be able to stop those guys, but some keys um, that are going to be very important for the Hawks and being able to pull out that type, pull out that win. It's obviously playing, you know, their game, right. If you think back to when we played Ohio state back in 2017, a lot of the reason why, uh, Iowa was able to have so much success that that year was because one, we were able to press the issue uh, defensively. We were able to create turnovers and put, you know, Ohio State in a position where they have to go out and they have to get points um, because they were behind the eight ball, right? And then offensively being able to control the football and have consistent play in the running game, being able to eat up clock and get first downs. Um, as well as being able to, you know, make some of the throws uh, in the past game to be able to convert on third downs. And when you get in the red zone, actually come away with touchdowns instead of field goals. So those are definitely going to be some keys again for Iowa to be able to pull out a win against Ohio State. But again, it's not going to be an easy task. Um, Going into Columbus is going to be a fun environment. I've only played there once. and it was a stadium, probably one of the loudest stadiums that I've ever played in. Um, so it's not going to be an easy task. And going up against that offense is going to be tough. So I was going to have to obviously be on their A game for that game. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how they play against those guys because I feel like Iowa does always step up um, pretty well whenever they play against a blue bud in the Big Ten. I think that if Iowa can come out and get their offense going – as soon as that first whistle blows, I think that they might be able to come out pretty strong against this Ohio State defense, but I I have a feeling that Ohio State's offense is going to catch back up to them. So maybe Iowa can turn this around. Um, This is just my prediction. So obviously I could be wrong, but (laughs) I just, I, I don't, I don't see Ohio State's offense slowing down at any point during this game. So if Iowa is going to pull out a win, especially going to Columbus to play them, it's it's going to be very, very tough, and they're really going to have to be, especially on the offensive side of the ball, on their A game to be able to put points up on the board. Yep, 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 without a doubt. Um, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, those guys can score pretty much at any point in time, um, pretty much whenever they want, right? I mean, you got a great offensive mind um, like Ryan Day, and then when you have talented players all over the field, I mean, it makes that job pretty, pretty easy. So The It'd be the eighth game of the season versus Northwestern. It's a home game versus Northwestern. I have it down as a 60-14 to 14 win. Personally, I think this is the game that Iowa is going to be able to come out and just 
completely stomp all over Northwestern. This is one of the very few games in the upcoming season that I think is a sure win. Northwestern went 3-9 and nine last season. They lost to Iowa last season 17-12. to 12. They also lost to Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Purdue. I think this is this will be the game that Iowa's offense is really going to be able to shine and hopefully give their defense not necessarily an off day, but maybe a little bit of a break just by the fact that they're, they should be able to put up several points throughout both the first and the second half uh, on this Northwestern team. I just I don't see Iowa faltering in this one at all. So <laughs> I kind of wish I was as optimistic as you were for, for this one. Um, because in general, so again, Northwestern's kind of a weird, they're a weird team, weird program, um, where one year they're just absolutely just terrible. Kind of like what you got last season. Then you have other years where they have a really good football team and they played in the big 10 championship game. I think they had two first round draft picks a couple of years ago. So like Northwestern's one of those, <clears throat> one of those schools where very interesting um, of the type of program that you're going to get. I feel like they're kind of on, on off and on type of type of football uh, as as far as their success goes. And one thing though that I do know for a fact is that they will play Iowa hard. Um, they play Iowa extremely hard every single year. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is with uh, Fitzgerald. He might I think he has a thing against Iowa or something. But whenever uh, his guys uh, Play, play the Hawks, they, they play hard, um, and they play tough. I mean, again, they, they didn't have a fantastic uh, squad last year, but Iowa was still in pretty much a battle throughout the entire game, right? So uh, I honestly think that it's going to be a close one. Um, whenever Iowa plays Northwestern, it it's always feels like, uh, you know, you're just kind of on edge, right? Because you never really know what you're going to get from, from the Hawks, as far as whenever we play Northwestern and then, you know, you never know what type of Northwestern team you're going to get as well. So uh, I do think it's an in- interesting game. Um, Northwestern, they always put out a tough program for the most part. Every single year, Fitzgerald does a really good job with his with his players to get them up and get them ready to go. Um, so I'm not quite as optimistic as you are against against those those cats over there um, in Chicago. But but I do think. Um, with the amount of talent uh, that I was bringing back on both sides of the football and um, with players that have gotten playing time um, past season that are going to have to step up this year, um, I do see the Hawks uh, being able, though, to have a bunch of success against Northwestern. So. Hey, and I'm, I'm all for a disagreement. As long as, <laughs> as, as long as you're on the same page that you think I was going to be able to pull out a win, <laughs> it, it very well could be a, it very well could be a close game, like you said mm-hmm. last year. Uh, Iowa only beat them by five, seventeen to twelve in a very mm-hmm. nitty gritty game. So it it could be a close game and it could be a blowout. But like I said, I'm all for disagreement as long as Iowa pulls out a win uh, <laughs> on Saturday. It it doesn't matter to me how they do it. Um, uh, going into the next game, it'll be at Purdue. I have down again as a win, twenty four to twenty. Uh, Purdue went nine and four last season. They uh, they beat Iowa twenty four to seven in a game that I think Iowa is really going to be itching to have back. Uh, they lost to Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Ohio State last year, 
And I think this is a game that I was really going to be looking forward to and really going to be as focused as they possibly can be going into. Uh, Iowa's offense had a sort of an off game last year, and I, I don't think that they're going to let this one go two years in a row. I think it will be a very, very close game down to the fourth quarter, but ultimately I think Iowa is going to pull this one out. <laughs> yeah, so this is another one that gives me pretty much anxiety every single year, at least over the past few years, right? I mean, I know that when I was playing, I don't think we ever lost to Purdue. Um, when I was in school, um, but the last few years, uh, our success against Purdue has not been great. Um, especially, you know, when you have a player like David Bell, uh, at the receiver spot, like Purdue did over the past few years. Um, <laughs> when you, it, it, it's tough to obviously stop a guy like that, who has pretty much been dominant, um, since his entire time of playing in the big 10. Um, that being said. Purdue is always a team that plays Iowa pretty tough, at least over the past few years. Um, they've got guys, uh, skill guys that don't know how to make plays, and as well as having a good quarterback as well that can get his guys the football, right? And when you combine that with, you know, them playing sound defense against Iowa last year, not really letting um, us get in the end zone, right, getting stops when they needed to get them, um, you know, it really set us up for a recipe for disaster last year. And I'm sure that's something that they're going to try to repeat this year. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I know I was pretty devastated um, last year after losing to Purdue. I mean, we came off a, a huge win against Penn State, you know, ranked number two in the country. Right. All the hype, all everything that, that you want to have going for you in a football program. And then, you, you know, you go out and lose in the way that you did against Purdue. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that's going to sting. Right. So especially with the amount of guys that are coming back and the guys, amount of guys that were on the team last year. Um, I think that's going to be some some really, really big motivation that's going to get them, I think, uh, hopefully up and ready to play and um, jack up for that game to try to avenge you know, the loss from from last year. Um, but also it's also going to depend. Hey. Can we move the football on offense? Can we, you know, once we get in the red zone, are we able to come away with touchdowns and not field goals, right? I mean, all those different things are going to play into a part because Purdue, you know that they're going to they're gonna be able to get their skill guys the ball. I mean, you know that I, one of Iowa's skill players from this past season transferred to Purdue, Tyrone Tracy, who, again, he's going to be a big, big piece of Purdue's offense both in the, I'm sure in the pass game and in the run game, right? Because, I mean, I think I read a report where they kind of want to use him like how the 49ers use uh, Debo Samuel, right? So that's that's kind of what you're going to be up against um, when you play a Purdue team. You know, they got guys all over the field that know how to make plays offensively. And if our offense can't stay on the field and get points, it puts that much more pressure on the defense. And, you know, we saw kind of how that played out last year um, when you rely too much on the defense. So hopefully um, this year uh, the Hawks will be able to make some make some changes and be able to correct some of the mistakes that they had against Purdue last year. Absolutely. And obviously it's going to be – it's always going to be a tough game when you're not playing at home. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's, mm-hmm. it's probably preferred from everybody when you're when you're playing at home versus playing away. And going into Lafayette, I don't, I don't know that – I don't know that if it's going to affect Iowa's 
sort of um, mentality, but I it's it's definitely going to be a close one. I don't see this one being a blowout for for any side, um, Iowa or mm-hmm. Purdue. But like you said, it's it's consistently a tough game, and it's it's not going to be one where they can go in and kind of just like take an off day. Like this this is a yeah. game where they have to be at the top of their game, and obviously you want to be at the top of your game all the time. But it's definitely different when you play uh, a Purdue team that's consistently you know decent versus when you play uh, a, a maybe a bad Northwestern team. Um, but like you said, it's it's week to week, and it's really going to depend on Iowa's mentality going into into that Purdue game, especially at being away. Yeah, yeah, slot on. So going into Wisconsin now, this is one. This is another one, just like the Michigan game, where I really think it could go either way. I I have it down as a thirty five twenty seven win versus Wisconsin. Granted, Wisconsin did beat Iowa twenty seven to seven last year. Uh, they went nine and four last season. They also they lost to Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Minnesota. Um, and this is this is another game that I was really just going to be looking to get back. I don't think they'll let Wisconsin come into Kinnick <clears throat> and take away a W against a very solid offense and defense that Iowa is showing that they're going to have. Um, but like I said, it, it definitely could go either way. I just think that this is one where Iowa is really going to be kind of you know itching and on the edge of their seat to to put them away early i don't think that that will happen um but this is this is one where like i said it's really they really really are going to have to put some points up on the board early to stay ahead of them yeah so wisconsin is i mean i first off i have a ton of respect for that program that they have um they do a great job uh, with their players, um, getting obviously quality guys in, putting players in the NFL year in, year out, right? And the thing that I love the most about Wisconsin is that they play their brand of football no matter what. They don't change it up for anyone. No matter who they're playing, they're going to play, you know, their brand of football. And what's that look like, right? They're going to run the football, right? And they're going to do play action um, when they have to. And, you know, if they need to pass the football, uh, to obviously make conversions, right? They, they're, they're able to do that. And then defensively, you're, you're going to be going against a stout defense um, that's going to have a really, really good front seven and typically um, one or two really, really good DBs uh, that know how to play in the back end, right? So trying to combat that has been honestly one of Iowa's struggles. I mean, I know pretty much, I know for a fact since I was there, I mean, I only... Uh, had the pleasure of beating Wisconsin once. And I don't think our record uh, has really improved uh, too much against Wisconsin, um, you know, since then as well. Right. So that's that, that that's a tough football team. Um, and the thing that really sticks out to me, I think every single time when we do play them is it gets to a point where we aren't able to play our brand of football, right? I just mentioned how Wisconsin plays their brand of football and they stick to it no matter what. Um, that doesn't change against Iowa either. They they play their brand of football and they do it very, very well. And the issue comes where they actually do a pretty good job of stopping things that we typically do well, right, and offensively, right? Um, they find a way to stop us in the run game. And kind of once our run game has been virtually neutralized, then 
Wisconsin basically just pins their ears back and start getting after the passer. And um, they get a lot of success that way by getting a lot of tackles for loss or they'll get a lot of sacks, right? Or they'll force turnovers. So being able to combat that brand of football is not going to be easy. Um, And that's why usually I feel feel like uh, it's going to be some type of low scoring game. Um, And Looking at Iowa's offense moving forward, that's really going to be the story for pretty much the rest of the offseason through the season starts is how does Iowa's offense um, improve versus last year, right? Last year, watching Iowa play against Wisconsin on offense was very, very frustrating to watch. I mean, I think at one point we ran like two fullback dives to try to convert like towards the end of the game. And I know everyone was kind of scratching their heads at that point. Um, because I mean, it, 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 I really believe that we were just honestly just out of answers, uh, for Wisconsin at that point. Right. So being able to get back into our brand of football and being able to run the football consistently, being able to put our players in the position to succeed, um, by whoever the quarterback is playing to their strengths. So, you know, they can hit some easy passes, they can get some conversions and get some confidence going. So when the times do come where a play does have to be made, the offense is going to be ready to be able to do that. And that's the thing about Wisconsin. They're going to force you to uh, play their brand of football. And I was just got to figure out a way to combat that. Yeah. And like, like you said, Wisconsin, Wisconsin is a consistently good team and they're going to be a big 10 championship contender, regardless of whether or not Iowa beats them. And same with Mm -hmm. Michigan. It's, it's just another game that, really could go either way and it's really just going to depend on whether or not Iowa can impose their game plan you know from from the very first snap and I think that that will really determine how the rest of the game is going to go not to say that if you do bad in, or if you if you don't have the game go the way you want it to go in the first quarter it's not going to go how you want it to the rest of the game but I think it's really this is one of those games where it's really heavily momentum based so if you if you start off rough it's it's, you you dug yourself a hole that you're really going to have to try to get out of but if you start out um if you start out well and you start out with you know the game plan that you had coming in is working well and you're you're putting points on the board and you're stopping and you're converting on second and third down situations it's it's one of those where once you go get them once you get the momentum going you can really start to run with it and kind of not let it slow down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's one point yeah i love it i love it and we can't forget it's another rivalry game right trophies up for grabs uh trying to win the bull um so you know you know it's going to be a battle you know the guys are going to be jacked up for it it's just how well can we execute on saturday so yep 11th game at minnesota i have it down as a 22 to 10 win for iowa Minnesota went nine and four last season. Obviously, I mean Wisconsin went nine and four last season, so records tend not to matter a whole lot um, from the previous season. But they lost to Ohio State and Illinois, and they're not necessarily always a team that has been able to compete with you know bigger schools in the Big Ten. They managed to beat Wisconsin last year, twenty three to thirteen, but I don't necessarily think it was because that they had a really, really good game on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. I think that was more based off of the fact that Wisconsin had an off day on the offensive side of the ball, 
but it's it's not it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination and it it hasn't been it wasn't it wasn't an easy game last year obviously we only we only won by 5.27 i really think iowa is going to be able to pull it off once again it's going to be tough going to minnesota not necessarily that far of a trip but like i said earlier it's it's never easy going into an away game against a team that you know has the tools and has the ability to beat you um, it's it's just not comfortable, and I think that that's where Iowa really fr- really thrives is when they're outside of their comfort zone. They're really able to kind of adapt and overcome the sort of um, sort of problems that they may face going into a game against Minnesota, especially when it is an away game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hey. That's another. That's gonna be an, that's another tough game, right? You're going to Minnesota. Uh, they are. It's another rivalry game. Right. I mean, so first off, the Hawks finished the season with uh, three rivalry games in a row. Right. A lot of a lot of emotion. Um, you're in the end of the season. You're in November. That's when teams need to play their best football. So it's going to be a tough, gritty game going up to Minnesota. It's going to be cold. Right. Um, so it's going to be a matter of Iowa playing their brand of football. Right. We've been beating. We beat Minnesota, I think, the past six years in a row, something like that, which is uh, crazy. Right. Um, And, you know, I know the guys are going to want to have to keep that trend continuing. Right. So I think some things though, that Iowa has had a bunch of success against Minnesota doing is again, being able to play fantastic defense. Um, I know last year uh, it felt like uh, there were times where, you know, they may have been missing tackles um, that they usually make. But when push came to shove and the game was on the line, um, I was able to make the plays on defense uh, to get a stop uh, to prevent the the Gophers from going ahead and, and getting the winning score. Um, and then obviously I was going to have to play strong on offense and being able to get points. Right. I think last year, um, Iowa was able to put together a couple, a few drives. Um, they were able to score. I think they scored three touchdowns and had two field, field goals, which again, that's much better than, you know, the, the way that they were trending throughout the season last year. And for them to be able to beat a Minnesota team in Minnesota, they're going to have to really kind of continue that same trend, right? They're going to have to be able to, one, be able to get points on offense. Um, and then I think another piece that's really kind of tied into them getting points on offense was them being able to create explosive plays. Um, I know last year they had the big explosive play to Charlie Jones and went for might've been like 60, 60 plus yards um, on a beautiful throw. Um, and then there was a fantastic play by Keegan Johnson where he caught like a little screen broke, broke out of a couple tackles and then took it to, to, to the end zone for a score. So creating plays like that and creating explosive plays are going to be a huge key um, to be able to win a game um like that in minnesota but another big piece is going to be able to take care of the football and i think Iowa did a fantastic job of that against minnesota last year and so being able to continue that trend and being able to take care of the football um not throwing interceptions not having caught uh not having fumbles and creating turnovers against minnesota is going to be be a big key and you know it's a it's another trophy game uh you're battling for for the pig uh, so that, that's one that you want to win, um, really, really, really bad because, you know, Minnesota has their, we hate Iowa thing chant 
whatever that they do, um, which is uh, total nonsense. But that's another story for another day. Um, so but, you know, the guys are going to be ready to go and, and locked and loaded, especially knowing when you have coaches on the staff that played at Iowa and you know how much it really means to them. So they're, they'll, they'll be definitely be ready for that one. And and I rivalry games are always so much fun to watch because you know that you know it's going to be a fairly close game, and you know that it's two teams that know how to play in the cold, Minnesota and Iowa. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be a cold game, and I hate I hate cold weather football games, but <laughs> that's that's just how it was. I hated them in high school. I hate them now. It's it's it just makes everything so much more tough, but obviously both of these teams know how to play in the cold. And like you said, they've, they've beat Minnesota the last six seasons. And I don't, I don't see that streak coming to an end this year. Um, but it, it may be closer than 22 to 10. It may, may end up being a, you know, a 22, 21 win. But like I said, I don't, I don't see Iowa having um, the same off day that Wisconsin had last year when they played Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. feel that. So, the last game of the season, of the regular season, versus Nebraska. This is always my favorite game to watch. I don't miss it any year. I, I love seeing Iowa play Nebraska. It's a home game this year. And I love seeing Iowa play Nebraska simply because I have an extreme dislike for the Nebraska football team. It's nothing personal. It's just the fact they're one state over. There's a lot of talk that happens leading up to the game every single year. You see it on social media. You see it everywhere you turn when you look at Iowa football and Nebraska football. Nebraska went 3-9 and nine last season. They lost to Iowa 28-21. to But they also lost to Illinois, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. So the, it, to say the least, Nebraska was not a very great team last year, and they have consistently been, you know, not necessarily easy, but a, a good win for Iowa every year. And I don't think that they necessarily pose much of a threat, but it, it is a rivalry. It is a rivalry game. It is a home game against a team that is just one state over. And, and like I said, there is so, so much talk that happens before this game every single year. But I think playing this late, playing Nebraska this late into the season is going to benefit Iowa um, in the fact that this is the team that they're going to be able to see play the most games uh, before they get a chance to take a crack at them. But like I said, I have it down as a 24 to 10 win, and I don't think that Iowa is going to have very much trouble with this one. Yeah, so this is another one where, um, well, first off, last year, like going into the game, where I kind of just threw out their records against other teams, just kind of threw it out of there and, and forgot about it. The only thing that I did note was that they played a lot of teams very, very closely. Um, and, you know, they just weren't able to finish a few of those games. But they have a – I'm not – they have a good football team um, where they got players that know how to make plays kind of all – really pretty much all over the field. Um, but they weren't – they didn't do a very good job finishing their football games at all. Right. And I knew going playing against Iowa that you were going to get a very, very kind of similar play of how they've been playing, how they're playing all year. They're pretty much playing everyone down to the wire. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, they make a few mistakes and, you know, we capitalize on it. And I, that was really the biggest thing that was the game changer last year. I mean, we were down by double digits and going into the fourth quarter. 
Lo and behold, get a block, uh, get a block punt early in the third that we took for a touchdown. Uh, you know, they had a fumble that we had covered, and right, we go down, we score some points, right? Those are some of the things that uh really propel, propelled Iowa into getting the victory against those guys last year, right? And you're probably gonna not necessarily gonna get that type of magic every single year against those guys. Um, but making those type of big time plays right from all phases of, of, of football team, right? From offense to defense to special teams, right? That ended up being the game changer against against Nebraska. And that's gonna be another they're they're another team that we've beaten. I, mean, I don't think we've lost to them since what 2014 was the last time we lost to Nebraska. So again, that's another it's another program where they're looking at like, hey, like, is this going to be our year? Is this the year we finally turn it around? Um, so their guys are going to be jacked up and ready to go um, because I think, you I mean, you got multiple senior classes at this point that haven't beaten Iowa. And when you think about Nebraska's program, right, you think of it over over time, right? They're, they're a really, really good program historically, haven't been so much um, since pretty much 2010, right? So uh, I'm anxious to see the type of Nebraska – football team that comes out for 2022 um we'll see if they do make that leap forward um but my guess is that they that they don't mainly because ah, I'm, I'm not really honestly not a big fan of their coach i don't really like the way how he kind of carries himself and kind of really throws people on the under the bus not a big fan of it um so i'm anxious to see the type of program that, that gets put out from those guys this year. Um, but all in all, Iowa's success on them is going to be dictated about how Iowa plays their game, right? Most of these teams, it's going to be how Iowa decides to play, right? Are they going to play their brand of football, right? which is tough defense, smart special teams, and being able to make plays on offense when when need to be. So uh, it being a rivalry game, it, to finish a season, Black Friday, all that stuff, is is exciting um and I know the guys will be ready to go as they as they usually are um it just makes for 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 a fun weekend for sure it's it's definitely going to take you know the a game from offense defense and special teams to win against this nebraska team but as i mentioned it's not it's not really a game that too many fans necessarily kind of worry about year to year because like you said we've we haven't lost to Nebraska since 2014, since I was a youngin. But <laughs> I, it's it's not really a game that I, as a fan, necessarily worried about um, year after year. I always thought I was like, oh, I was I was playing Nebraska this week. At least, at least you know, at least we can end the week on an on an Iowa win. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's it's definitely not an easy game. And none of these games on Iowa's schedule this year are easy. We talked about it yesterday. Iowa has a very tough schedule this year, but I don't, I don't see this being a problem, like a quote unquote problem game for Iowa. As long as, as long as they're, you know, they're playing to the best of their abilities on offense, defense, and special teams. I think this is definitely a game that they can pull out a win on. For sure. Okay, so before we get into the story of the day, today's story has to do with Spencer Petras, Iowa's current starting quarterback. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, maybe whether or not he will be the starting quarterback this upcoming season. 
Um, before we get into that, I want to talk about rockauto.com. Uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers, you have phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more when it comes to the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find out the solution to your auto parts needs. Once again, that is rockauto.com. So the story of the day, as I mentioned, Spencer Petrus. Recently, Petrus was asked by the media what his thoughts were going into spring practice and how he felt he was going to be able to secure a starting spot this upcoming season. He responded by sort of shrugging off um, that saying, quote, I don't worry about it at all. When I say competition in regards to the QBs, I'm talking about on the field. We're working really hard against the defense every day. I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on improving the things that fans wants me to. Any, any energy spent on anything else is a waste, which I absolutely agree. You shouldn't, you shouldn't focus on anything else but improving your game. But I, I'm wondering if he's kind of downplaying the competition he here he has at the quarterback position. Both both Brian and Kirk Ferentz have expressed that there is in fact a currently open competition at the QB spot for the upcoming season and that Petrus knows that but hasn't expressed any concern about losing his starting spot. Brian Ferentz has also been complimenting both Padilla and Lavis, the two other quarterbacks that Iowa currently has on the roster during spring practice, but has noted that as of right now, the starting spot still belongs to Petrus. So, LaShawn, my question for you is, what, what's, what was your mentality back in college when you were competing for a starting spot? Were you, you know, worrying about how the other guy was doing, or were you trying to focus more on how your game was going, how you were playing, and how you were able to excel in practice? Yeah, so... I have pretty, pretty, actually pretty good experience with this, um, to be honest. I mean, so, I mean, I came in, you know, as a freshman, um, you know, had a pretty good camp um, to the point where, you know, coaches thought, hey, this guy can help us. Right. Um, so, you know, you didn't get redshirted. Right. Which was which was good. Right. I was excited. Played a little bit. Didn't play as much as I would have liked. Um but it is what it is. And then the following spring, right, you know, we have competition. Um, you know, we still had um, Mark Wiseman. Uh, we had the late Damon Bullock. We had uh, Jordan Kanziri. We had Akram. Um, and, you know, we're competing for a really spot um, to, to help the, the team as much as possible, right? Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't end up uh, coming out very strong with my spring practice, nor did I come out very strong with my fall camp. It got to the point where um, it was a possible considering a redshirt year, um, but ended up did picking it up a little bit during during fall camp, which prevented that from happening. Um, and then that season, I ended up uh, having a stress fracture in my ankle, missed a bunch of time, basically the entire season um, after the halfway point. 
and then didn't start playing again and practicing again until bull prep. So going into the spring, I was kind of a little bit down, a little bit further down on the depth chart a little bit. Um, I was behind Jordan Kanziri. Um, you know, I was competing with uh, Akram Wadley, um, was competing with uh, Derek Mitchell as well um, for, for a spot. And, you know, you can't worry about kind of what the other guys are doing, because if you once you start doing that, then your play kind of suffers. So all I could do was focus on things that I knew was going to make me better. I was going to make the team better. Right. So making sure that, you know, first off, I know what I was doing when I was out there on the field, when I'm in there and actually getting an opportunity uh, to to perform. Right. Going out there and, and, and making a play. Right. Part of being a running back was definitely going out there and making a play, um, creating, you know, an explosive play for your team, um, whether that be obviously getting a first down, running somebody over, making a guy miss and, you know, creating an explosive play there. Right. And those are things that you know I focused on pretty heavily uh, going into to my third year, um, as well as improving in pass protection and just improving in the passing game as uh, uh, in general. So you can't focus on what the other guys are doing um, because that's going to cause all that stuff to suffer and you're not going to play be at the top of your game. And because I didn't do that, um, I was able to earn the starting spot and win the starting job kind of outright out of the spring, out of spring practice and can really continued that um, throughout the fall camp, throughout fall camp as well. Um, so I'm sure Spencer is going to be probably doing the same thing, right? I mean, obviously he's had the starting job for the past couple of years. Last year had a lot of ups and downs. Um, and obviously I know that he's not going to let the starting spot kind of be taken away from him very easily. And he's going to go out and really improve on some of the things that he knows he has to improve, right? I mean, there's times where, his accuracy just isn't there, right? You know that he has a cannon for an arm, but the accuracy was something that was kind of, that was really a big problem for him. It was a problem for the Hawks last year. Um, so that's something that he's going to have to improve upon because we know he's not like Lamar Jackson back there. He's not running around and creating explosive plays with his legs. We know that he's going to have to use his arm as much as possible. And for the guys that are behind him, right, you can't really worry about, you know, the starting reps that Spencer's getting, right? They got to kind of focus on themselves and focus on the things that they can do better and uh, focus on how they can improve uh, day by day. And then things will take care of itself. But at the end of the day, I know Spencer's not going to let that spot go, go pretty easily. So if there is going to be a quarterback change and say Spencer doesn't win the job uh, or doesn't keep the job, it's going to be because the other two guys um, outperformed them that much. So you're right. You're right. Personally, I don't, I don't see Petrus like losing that starting job. Like you said, he did have some struggles last year, but I, th- I think he will be Iowa's man this year. I think he can consistently be good. And with Padilla and Labas, obviously not having the same amount of experience as Petrus does, I, I just I don't see him losing that job. Like you said, if he starts to focus on you know what these other two guys are doing and how he's supposed to be better than them, that's when he's going to start you know slipping and you know not necessarily getting worse, but not getting better. 
at that position. And like you said, he's not, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not back there making moves. He's not, I shouldn't say that he's, he is back there making moves, but it's not with, it's not with his feet. He's not, he's not rolling out to the right side of the pocket and running for a, you know, a 65 yard touchdown run. It just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. Um, So I think if he, if he focuses on, on himself, he focuses on his game and he focuses on the fundamentals of being a good pocket quarterback. I think that he will be able to secure that starting spot. Obviously he has it right now. So right now it's, it's his to lose uh, Mm -hmm. basically. So, We'll uh, we'll see how that goes for him. I'm I'm excited to see him out on the field next year. I don't. I think if he even if he does manage to lose that starting spot at some point, I think that we will see him on the field for a decent amount of time next season. Yeah. With that yeah. being said, a little bit of a longer episode today. I think we're about 45 minutes into recording right now. <laughs> um, so I apologize. I'm sure I'm going to hear about it from Zach. But whatever, um, he'll be fine with it. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you go follow me and LaShawn on Twitter and Instagram at LaShawn Daniels Jr. and at Rye Hill. Follow me before you follow him. He's already got 5,400 <laughs> followers on Twitter. I need I need more Twitter followers. So go follow me on Twitter. Go follow LaShawn on Twitter. Go follow the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Iowa. And make sure you are tuning in to the episodes every day. We put out daily episodes today. We put out quite a bit longer of an episode. But like I said, it doesn't matter. The content's all there. Um, And we talked about even more than I thought we would be able to. So thanks for joining in today. And we will see you all tomorrow.